0: Are you one of the 9 million Floridians living in a community managed by a property manager or HOA? If you've ever wondered what your rights are as a resident or what your role is as a volunteer board member, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Condo Coaches, your resource for when your gated community starts to feel more like you're stuck behind bars. Or when that guy next door decides that a hot pink Chevy on cinder blocks really sets the tone for the neighborhood. The Condo Coaches is brought to you by LMFunding.com. Find The Condo Coaches online at TheCondoCoaches.com.
1: And now your host, Johnny Torres. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, watching. The condo coaches live on Facebook at Facebook.com slash the condo coaches. That's facebook.com slash the condo coaches. If you want to be a part of the show, you can call us at 813 5415 813 813-331-5415 You can also email us our email address, help at the condo coaches.com. That's help at the condo coaches.com. And of course, our website, the condo coaches.com. Thank you so much for listening. If you if it is your first time doing so, we are team of volunteers here uh, getting together every week to share our expertise and our knowledge uh, to help you run your community or homeowners association effectively efficiently and on budget and joining me every week to do so is head coach dean acres how are hey, you sir johnny i'm doing great All ready for halloween and Big time. So, uh, y- you know, you had this string of trade shows coming up. Now, is this kind of it for the trade show season? How does that work? We've got
2: a couple more, and we've got the leadership conference, which will be coming up this Friday for CAI in Orlando, which, as we've mentioned, we had scholarships. We've given several scholarships out for that um by the time the show airs it'll be over yeah but the biggest part of the trade shows are over we have two in december but just unbelievable turnout to our both our booth and then our seminars
1: any kind of questions unexpected i mean uh, again uh most people underestimate how common their problems are throughout their communities and how consistent (sighs) it is throughout the state throughout the country uh any out there kind of uh, out of the ordinary
2: i had an out of the ordinary interaction that had 75 people laughing and agreeing and going omg so to speak yeah i had a lady in one of our seminars she asked me she goes well we've got people that are violating the rules and we want to know how we can really enforce them strictly sure And I said, well, you need to define what the rule is that they're violating everything else. And you need to enforce them. I said, but then here's the question. And I asked 75 people, how many of you drove here today? And they all raised their hand. I said, how many of you did not go over the posted speed limit? No hands went up. And I said, how many of you went faster than the speed limit? And they go, yeah. All the hands went up. I said, everybody in this room violated the law. Right. Everybody did.
1: And that's the actual law.
2: The actual law. <laughs> right. So the police are tolerant in the fact that when they're not tolerant, and I told them about my ticket going down there two weeks earlier, where yep. the where the trooper pulled us over that's right. and had us all along the interstate because of a plane.
1: Amazingly, had not heard of head coach Dean Aker.
2: No. <laughs> and when I told <laughs> him, he, he said, well, that's pretty impressive. Here's your $291 ticket. <laughs> but the point is, the point is, Johnny, is when you're in an association, there are rules but there's rules or or battles to fight and battles not to be too overworked up about and the group there the the entire group got it that day they said you know let's go our job is to enforce but let's 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 kind of be uh what it would be the right word well like the police you're not gonna catch everybody
1: no um (laughs) and you can only do so much to enforce Uh, You enforce when you can and you try to, you know, again, keep everybody in line as much as possible and, but at least adhere to it equally. Correct. uh, And be consistent.
2: Right. So that was, that was the funny takeaway this week for me.
1: Okay. Well, sitting next to Mr. Dean Akers, I feel very bad for you if you are not watching our live stream today, because we have the beautiful Nicole Baldry joining us today. Did I say your last name right?
3: You did, Baldry.
1: All right, perfect. So thank you so much for joining us. We're going to be talking today about pools and amenities. Uh, You are a certified pool and spa operator, right? Did I get that right?
3: Uh, well, I am, but I'm a certified, licensed pool contractor
1: as well. Right. As well. Yes. Okay, and so that's why you know, again, you're joining us today as our expert when it comes to pools and amenities. You're also a native Floridian, so mm-hmm. uh, I'm, you know, it's uh, I don't know any Floridian who doesn't love the pools and uh, and of course the the Florida weather that we're so fortunate to have year round. I mean. No matter what part of the state you're in this week, it's a little chilly, you know, for us Floridians, but, you know, we'll deal with it, right? We'll, we'll survive. Uh, and uh, what we like to do is, uh, when we open the show is go through some of the emails and messages that we get. Feel free to jump in if you, uh, you want to contribute. Um, but first I want to tap on uh, a question that came to us through our Facebook page, and this came from Lisa. Lisa Hart writes us, uh, next-door neighbor's trees have rooted up our paver driveway. We've had to replace the driveway, and it's unusable at this point. Uh, who's responsible for the tree removal costs, and how can we force the neighbor to take the trees out?
2: Well, <clears throat> we visited with her, and the answer is is uh, uh, if it's a live tree, a neighbor is not responsible for any of the damages from roots coming through. That being said, when you see encroachment of roots and or branches you do have the right to remove them or cut them off that being also that means you need to get an arborist and we had a nice visit you need an arborist it'll come in and root prune it correctly and then it's good to go she bought it as a flip house so she knew in advance that the it was bad and uh at the end of the day i think there's good takeaway here in the fact that if it's a live tree you can modify it but use an arborist, you know, on so your you property.
1: Don't, so do damage to the tree.
2: Yeah. The other side of it is you better make sure what kind of tree it is because mm-hmm. if it's a grand oak and, and, and you don't, and you just do it by yourself and you kill a grand oak, uh, sometimes the repercussions of killing a grand oak are, are almost, I jokingly say, and I mean this tongue in cheek, it's probably easier to get off robbing a 7-Eleven.
1: Well, there are communities throughout Florida. I know Coral Gables down in Miami being one of them. I would say probably the um south tampa you know the, oh, yeah. the kind of hyde park area yeah. probably being another that if you do damage to any of the trees uh you you're gonna be in serious trouble serious trouble I so, mean, they're militant about their trees
2: yeah so we had a great visit with her she understood and she now is going to reach out to an arborist get it correct and then put her pavers back
1: okay cool well, see, I mean, that's that's kind coaches in action right there. Yep. Uh, we've got another uh, messages coming from the uh, West Palm Beach area from Amelia. Uh, Amelia writes, so says their condo went into arbitration on September 5th. They still have uh, not received a decision, although they were told that uh, they must must have been given a decision within 30 days. It's been past 30 days. Uh, why have they not complied with the law? I mean, we need more context there. But. Well, I
2: called her, and yeah. and so the arbitration, it, it has to do with a, a board's decisions and stuff. That It turns out that it's not really an arbitration issue, and their attorneys are involved and stuff. Okay. I think she'll be good to go. It, it What it brought to light again, the number one issue on this show and when we travel around the state of Florida for boards, associations, and property management groups, mm-hmm. the three— is trust you know and transparency that's right so everywhere we see the challenges it always comes down to trust and transparency yeah and communication obviously
1: well we also got uh, an email here from jim cook we're flying through these man we're doing really good so jim (laughs) writes to us he goes uh new insurance rules um, and he's wondering if these the following things are true. If you're an individual owner and leave your condo, you have to have someone come back and check it every 14 days to document any damage or it will not be covered by your insurance. In addition, the no fault rule doesn't apply anymore. If someone showers you with water and does damage, they're responsible for paying for your loss, even if it was, wasn't negligence. Um, he was shocked, I guess, by the new law this year. Another good reason for carrying liability and casualty insurance.
2: Well, uh, we're reaching out to our insurance guys, but the yeah. preliminary on that is, is that that is um, that, first off, if you're a, a condominium owner, you are responsible for everything inside your four walls from the paint in. Right. So you do need to have insurance. It's called H-O-6. And so you need to have H-O-6. And, and conversely, if somebody else's unit creates damage like a, you know, a, a water, big one's out, uh water heater leaks right then they're responsible and their homeowners should kick in to take care of you
1: okay but is there a requirement where somebody has to be checking on the place every couple of weeks
2: i've called i've called our insurance guys i get back but my understanding is nobody seems to know this now okay. know this law so i don't know the law if we Still find new. something out yeah right. i don't think i mean i'll we'll know for sure
1: okay when we'll they get, get back, back to that but
2: one. i have not heard of that and usually. Usually being the condo coach, I hear of most legislation, period.
1: Sure. (laughs) All right. Well, that's a good one. We'll continue to dive into that one. So thank you to Jim uh, for that email. And uh, that'll be an ongoing process there. Uh, Kathy writes those from Pinellas County. Uh, She is wondering if the board can decide to withdraw money out of the operating account and deposit it into a a three-year CD. Does the community get to have a vote on something like that?
2: No no that the 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 board has the rights to do those kinds of things Yep. uh you don't usually see that unless there's a, a lot of liquidity in the reserves and stuff okay. it's always reserves you it, you don't see cds for operating accounts
1: um and when i mean uh, how do you feel about that what do you uh, in terms of you know taking some of that money and putting it into a cd
2: well i i see a lot of people that get angst over the interest rates and, yep. it, and nowadays the interest rate of a Three-year CD and a, a one, maybe one percent. So on three hundred grand, it's you know three thousand bucks over a year versus fifteen hundred. Is it material? Uh, there could be people argue, but people that are yeah. absolutely yield driven, it can make sense. The difference is you tie it up for three years. So if you had some kind of catastrophic need,
1: yeah,
2: the penalties outweigh that small delta in interest because rates are so low today. So, personally, I wouldn't do it.
1: Okay. All right. Well, excellent. We've uh, got about 30 seconds left, so I'm going to kind of preview this question, and we'll open the second segment with it, and then jump right into... Uh, talking about polls and amenities with Nicole joining us today. She says uh, her uh, her HOA has a board election coming up uh, November 7th, less than two weeks away. Uh, apparently, the uh, property manager and the board is asking uh, who's going to be running. Uh, they are non-responsive. So there's a lot of issues here. And uh, how the Condo Coaches Playbooks can help you, we'll, we'll answer all that in the next segment. It's the Condo Coaches Radio Show coming right back at you after this. Contact the Condo Coaches online
0: at thecondocoaches.com. More of the Condo Coaches is coming up next.
4: It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to. Nope. I'm sure you've got a perfectly good excuse. Kids, work, (laughs) I get it. You're busy. So what better time than now? Let's begin. Raise one finger if you're a man. Ladies, none yet. Oh, count in your head if you're driving. Now, three more fingers for everyone over 60, two over 50, one over 40, one more if you're not physically active, another finger if anyone in your family has type 2 diabetes, another if you've got high blood pressure, if you're overweight, raise another finger, two if you're very overweight, and three if you're really overweight. You've just taken the world's first audio pre-diabetes test. And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse because pre-diabetes can be reversed.
3: Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners.
0: Welcome back to The Condo Coaches, online at thecondocoaches.com. Here's your host, Johnny Torres.
1: Thank you again. Don't forget, you can listen or watch every single episode of The Condo Coaches out there on the great interwebs youtube.com or facebook.com both of them have every single episode if you go to our facebook page or our youtube account search the condo coaches and you'll find every episode i believe this is number 50 So we're two weeks away from hitting our one-year mark here on the Conduct Coaches. Very excited about that. Uh, 50 shows already in the bag. That's pretty amazing stuff. And you can watch every single one of them on YouTube, on Facebook. And if you're more of an audio person or you got quite a long commute, uh, feel free to subscribe to our podcast. We're on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher. So uh, make sure you subscribe and download all the episodes or maybe just the latest episode, but certainly a great way to also keep up with the show uh, is, uh, again, just sub through subscribing through our social media platforms. Uh, So, as we were talking about in the last segment, Sheila writes to us uh, saying that there is, as you were just (laughs) talking about in the previous question, a lack of communication and transparency. Uh, They have uh, elections coming up in two weeks. Uh, They've emailed the property manager and the board asking who is the secretary for the elections and If any of the current board members are going to run again, several uh, residents and candidates have also been emailing, asking these questions, and they've gotten no response from either the property manager or the board, Um, and... Then the second part to this whole issue is that they also requested that they implement electronic voting, which we've talked about. If you're interested in electronic voting, look through our previous episodes. We did a whole episode on just that. Uh, And she recommended even some great companies that provide the service. And they turned it down and said that the HOA attorney advised against it. So first part of that is the refusal to answer Uh, any questions regarding the elections they seem to be pretty quiet on this whole election process Uh, what are the the legal requirements here Uh, uh, because i know there's some regarding notifications for elections
2: well as a condo coach first off if there's nobody running the current board just stays right if there's less than the amount of running from a condo coach perspective then the board can appoint people so if there was a If there was a seven-member board and two stepped down and nobody ran, the board can literally appoint two. Um, I don't know why there would be any reason for them not to tell who's running, but, you know, I mean.
1: But don't they have to to give, what is it, 10 days notice or some form of notice as to when elections are going to happen?
2: Well, yeah, but that's all part of the annual meeting notice, and it's it's not like a specific election notice. So they have an annual meeting coming up. Right. They've they've obviously noticed it. Uh, in order to have an election, they have to have a quorum, right? You know, and you. But can, there's no
1: obligation for them to say, "Oh, this is who's running." No, and that sort Fred, of
2: thing. yeah, no. I mean, again, back to the transparency and trust. There's yes. also no reason not to share that
1: data. So that's bad management. Really. It's just
2: it. Well, it's just poor communication. Sure. And I don't I don't understand why it continues to be such a big deal
1: for these boards across the state of florida what's interesting is that the property manager isn't answering either which is odd because you would figure at least they would say hey i don't know anything about it you know we're not involved in the process or something to that effect
2: yeah the, the property managers are you know the actual the property manager reports to the ceo or the board president so they really don't have an obligation to yeah the leadership should be transparent and they should be forthcoming on that stuff it's just there's no downside to it
1: right and then in regards to the electronic voting really there if they turned it down they turned it down and yeah you, you got to get board members that are approving of the electronic voting on the board so that that can be implemented
2: yeah you that, that, there's no question that electronic voting is is here to stay it's going to grow the biggest value in electronic voting is voting participation because yeah. people really can and of course it, it eliminates some of the issues that we've seen in, in some of the other areas of Florida where mm-hmm. they've had voter fraud. This really isolates that. So I would say for most associations, it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when, and right. it'll
1: get adopted. All right, excellent. Well, we didn't get to all the questions because, again, we've been getting a flood of questions over the past two, three weeks, um, but we'll certainly start continue to get them in on every single show. We're going to turn right now to our topic of the day. Uh, joining us uh, next to head coach Dean Akers is Nicole Baldry. And so, uh, again, you, have, uh, being a lifelong Floridian, have a, a life's worth of expertise when it comes to pools. And so we're going to talk about pools and amenities, uh, really uh uh, whether it's residential or whether it's a, a large condominium community uh, are there a lot of differences there in terms of uh, the the process to to get a new amenity or a pool installed
3: um no i mean whether it's residential or commercial all pools act the same it's just commercials typically a lot larger so yeah. um you know you're putting the water into a bo- into a pool, and it's getting filtered, it's getting treated, and then you're putting the water right back in. So they all have the same functionality, the same process. They're just, you know, on a much bigger scale when it
1: comes to commercial. Now, because there's more people involved in the decision process uh, for a, co- a community pool, um, to, to tell us a little bit about how that process ideally would begin and, 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 and basically go through Uh, that whole selection process and then the installation process uh, for a community out there that may be considering getting a community pool
3: um well if they're thinking about getting a pool they want to um they need to have a survey done of the property um where the pool is going to be going
0: yeah
3: and also think about the population that they're serving if this is in a 55 plus community or got an area with a bunch of kids so you know an older um adult community may not want a bunch of water slides sure um so thinking about the design and um then when it comes to hiring a licensed contractor they would want to make sure that they're hiring someone that is licensed and insured for the property so and they can check all that out at dbpr.com or myfloridalicense.com.
1: and one of the things that you do is you also certify pool and spa installers is that right
3: well, I teach a course, the Certified Pool and Spa Operators course, yep. through the National Swimming Pool Foundation, which certifies individuals to clean pools. So, it's not a contractor. Got it. Okay. So, there's a big difference So, it's not there. for
1: installation, but it's for maintenance.
3: It's for maintenance. That's Got correct. It. Okay. And, and,
2: Johnny, most <clears throat> we were talking about it at lunch, because I asked a similar question, and she brought up a good point. Most condominium associations
1: mm-hmm.
2: already have a pool. Right. Another, other the humidity was part of the developer's package. Sure. So her big thing that we were talking about is all this to make sure people are certified to maintain it. And then she brought a great point she'll share with you about when there's a repair on the pool, like pipes and stuff, you need to have a, a contractor again,
3: right? Yeah, that needs to be a licensed contractor, not a operator for, you know, layman's terms, a pool cleaner, a pool technician. Or just so, a
1: maintenance person.
3: Yeah, a maintenance person is not a contractor. Yeah. So they should, you know... An an easy way to think about it is when you're cutting PVC or touching wiring, that's a contractor.
1: Okay, that's interesting. And and is it, uh, because of the long-term effects that that could have on the pool, or what what why the need to make sure that? I mean, obviously, aside from the legal need to have a licensed contractor, but. Uh, why, again, if it seems like something that may be more basic in terms of plumbing, what, what's really the, uh, the, the need for making sure that, that it's a contractor and not, again, maybe just a, a plumbing guy or maintenance guy?
3: Well, um, so the legality is, is huge, but, you know, doing things the wrong way, you could change the flow patterns of the pool. The pool not get filtered properly. Okay. And then now you've got bacteria growing in the pool, algae blooms. Um, you could have um, an entrapment hazard down with the main drain and someone gets stuck to the bottom of the pool okay. and drown down there or die. Um, and also electrocution. If something's not wired up properly or grounded or bonded correctly, then you know people have been electrocuted or shocked um, when grabbing the handrails or the ladders when getting in and out of the pool.
1: And so just to back up just a little bit when a community is looking at getting a pool installed, um, uh, what are some of the factors that, that you uh, ask that they look that they look into that they consider uh, when picking out a pool? I mean, is there a certain percentage that you factor in in terms of the number of people that live there? Um, you know, to determine how big the pool should be. Like, what are some of the deciding factors? Uh, I mean, because obviously you can build them as large as you want. I mean, we got the largest swimming pool in the world or something being built up in Pasco County. Um, But again, if someone is kind of looking at what would be the right fit for them, what are some of those parameters that you have them look at?
3: Honestly, the first thing is budget. It really is. Because, I mean, you can you can build an ordinary pool and or you can be as crazy as you wanted to be. Sure. Um, I mean, you could have tiles that, you know, let's just say $5 a square foot. And then they've got tiles that are $20 a square foot, you know? So um, how nice do you want it to look? And do you want it to look just like the pool next door? Do you want it to be a little bit different? So mm-hmm. how much do you want to spend on, I guess, each of your features as well? You know, do we want to go with just concrete pavers? We want to go with travertine. So each and every little feature that a lot of people may not pay attention to around a pool, but... They're priced very, very differently.
1: But if you are living in a community, I mean, is there a certain percentage of that population that you want to make sure is able to take advantage of the pool? Does that factor in at all or no? Or is it mostly budget?
3: I would take that into consideration, especially since you've got the Americans with Disabilities Act. So you want to make sure that you're accommodating all people, um, whether it's children, someone um, in a walker, a wheelchair, Um, the elderly. You want to think about everybody. So you kind of want to get the most use out of your pool for everyone that's in that community.
1: All right. Awesome. Well, Nicole Baldry is joining us as she is our pool and amenities expert for today's show. Again, head coach Dean Akers. It's the Condo Coaches radio show. Again, every single episode on our website at thecondocoaches.com. YouTube or Facebook, just search the Condo Coaches. We'll be right back with segment three. Stick around. Contact the Condo Coaches
0: online at thecondocoaches.com. More of the Condo Coaches is coming up next.
5: Attention men under the age of 35. You know what really impresses the ladies? When a guy has a few drinks and later gets pulled over for buzz driving. That could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. There goes let's grab dinner and a movie. Oh, I know. You drive more carefully when you're buzzed. You've proven that hundreds of times. A woman admires that kind of confidence. And you've practiced how to speak if a cop does pull you over. Slowly, clearly, and politely like good evening officer. A woman ad- Admires that kind of foresight. And what woman doesn't find it adorable that you call it buzzed even though the law calls it drunk? You could kiss $10,000 goodbye along with any chance of having a girlfriend. Because nothing says I'm a catch more than a guy who lives in his parents' basement and calls it my place. Buzzed, busted, and broke. Because buzz driving is drunk driving.
4: A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to the condo coaches online at the condo here's
1: your host johnny torres thank you so much for listening watching the condo coaches radio show if you do want to watch the show live we broadcast it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the condo coaches. Make sure you sign up for the notifications. And we typically do it on Mondays around one o'clock. So make sure you sign up for not only our page, but for the notifications on when we go live. And uh, we're reading the comments and uh, we of course, check our mailbox throughout the show. So make sure that you uh, also keep us up to speed on what you think of the show and maybe what topics you'd like to see that helps drive the show as well. Uh, head coach. Dean Akers joining me as always and our guest today Nicole Baldry. We're talking pools and amenities, of course, an essential part of Florida living. Uh, we, of course, uh, talk a little bit in between segments uh, here off the air. And we were just talking about just kind of laying the groundwork on how a community goes about picking a pool. Right. And you you mentioned budget being a big determining factor and making sure you can service all of the residents. Um you know, and this is always, especially in single family home communities, uh, it's a it's an, a point of contention between residents, because especially if the community doesn't have one like where I just moved from, the community did not have a pool, but they had sufficient space They had a large park and they had, you know, so there was plenty of room for a pool. And so it was those who were in favor of one versus those who were not in favor of one, especially when in single family homes, you can easily just add one onto the back of your house. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, if you want a pool, just get your own pool, (laughs) you know, and not pass that cost onto the rest of the community. But again, it's, you know, there's a lot of pros and cons in the issue there. But with any pool, right, uh, and in any amenity in a community, uh, the uh, biggest expense really long term is maintenance uh, and, and that's a big part of, of what you do. And so what is, what are some of the misunderstood elements of, uh, of pool maintenance?
3: Um, one of the, I guess, most common things that I see is people not taking the time to maintain a pool. You know, um, mm-hmm. they think that they can go in there and in five minutes, you know, uh, you've got the, the pool guy or gal that, show, you know, she shows up and they're, they're gone and a couple of minutes you're thinking well, what did they do you sure. know and it, it, any size pool whether it's you know a, the pool behind your house or a hundred thousand gallon pool at, at the HOA mm-hmm. it you can't sufficiently clean a pool test the water chemicals um, check your pH add any of the necessary chemicals you need to brush it vacuum it you can't do that in five minutes
1: sure so you, know? so you need to be aware that when you're maintenance person does come that they're going through all those steps
3: that they're yeah that they're doing all the things that you've contracted them to do
1: and how often uh, should they be going through all that is that in every time they visit how often should they be visiting
3: well that's going to depend on your contract with them obviously people don't just show up to work for free so you know if you're paying someone to show up seven days a week or if it's just once a week but by florida law um and this is actually in the florida administrative code sixty forty nine um a public pool and so hoas condominiums timeshares those are all considered public pools they have to have their water chemistry checked for at least their free chlorine and ph um once every 24 hours oh wow so someone at that community has to be checking the chlorine and the ph every and, day
1: and just for background whoa, whoa, whoa.
2: <laughs> what are the chances that's happening
3: hopefully it is <laughs> um <laughs> Because, I mean, they but do get inspected. But would you say most likely it's
1: not? I mean, um, you're saying every day somebody needs to go out there and check it.
3: And, yeah, it's supposed to be in some kind of a log book. So, so it is
1: a manual check. There's not, like, some magic device that exists that will do it for you, right? No.
3: It, because, and it, the law even states that, too. Like, even if you had a computer on your pool, you're not supposed to just go to the computer and say, oh, my," the computer said my pH is 7.4. Let me just write that down. You're supposed to actually get a test kit. Go take a sample of water from the body of water where people are swimming and test it. With a every test 24 kit. hours. Once every 24 hours wow. for pH and chlorine. And then once a week for alkalinity and calcium hardness and stabilizer if that's used.
1: Holy cow. Yeah, Man, that's eye opening. Yeah. See, I've never owned a pool. I've enjoyed many a pools in my lifetime, but I've never owned a pool. So that's news to me. And And so that's a daily check, right? But that's something a homeowner could do. Right. Or that's something a resident. uh, So anybody
3: can test the water. So here's the here's the issue. So let's say homeowner a goes out there and they test it on Tuesday because the pool cleaner doesn't go out there on Tuesday. But by law, it has to be checked. So they check it and the pH is 8.0. So it's illegal. It's too high. Well, that homeowner then can't add acid right that has to be a certified individual we don't want just anybody dumping muriatic acid into you certified
1: know, and licensed
3: well well it's not a licensure so oh, okay. a license is a contractor and a certification is the operator so okay it's good for five years um so it's different than a licensed contractor got it um but yeah so if something was wrong um or if it was like a code brown, you know, yeah. uh, a homeowner can't take care of that. So they would have to call the pool cleaning crew, the the certified pool operator right. to come out and then add the chemicals.
1: Are there any other kind of timely elements like that, that that residents need to be aware of that, you know, that there's a schedule that they need to abide by? Or is that pretty much the the main one?
3: Well, they have a annual operating permit through the Department of Health every okay. year. Well, and got, for
1: background, uh, you used to work at the Department of Health.
3: I did for six and a half years. Yeah. So I went and inspected, you know, public swimming pools and septic tanks and drinking water and everything else. But yeah, so I, I did uh, public swimming pools. Okay. Um, but they get uh, inspected twice a year um, okay. through DOH. So right. you can, um, your communities can expect some sort of inspection between January and June. Yep. And then another one sometime between July and December.
1: That's excellent. And so like right now, right, we're kind of going through our season change here. Uh, this we typically get a very late winter here in Tampa Bay, but, uh, you know, it's it's end of October. Got a bit of a cold front coming through. Uh, what changes should be you be aware of? I mean, are there anything is there anything there that, that uh, someone with a pool or a community with a pool needs to be aware of when the temperature changes?
3: Um, well, right now would maybe be a good time to look at your heaters. Because there are a lot of communities that I deal with or resorts in the Orlando, Tampa area that, you know, uh, people are still swimming on Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, You know, we heat up a lot of our pools. So um, maybe now take a look at everything to see if it's working correctly before it does get freezing cold. And then that's when, oh, my God, I I wanted to use the heater, but (laughs) it's not working today. So taking a look at that Um, and then. Maybe not so much right now, but in the next couple of months, we will start to see all these leaves falling into the tree, into the pool. And, and, you know, you'll be skimming out the leaves and the acorns. Right. Um, Maybe depending on some of these communities, how many oak trees they have, you may be doing that two or three times a day. Sure. Because your skimmer baskets and everything else are going to fill up.
1: Well, and and so some communities like to have uh, now where, you know, they'll have a day where you can bring your dog and the dog can get in the pool and that sort of thing. Uh, Tell me kind of uh, for anyone that might be considering that sort of thing. What what are some of the technical logistics that need to go into that for somebody to do uh, an event like that in their community?
3: Oh, okay, This is kind of touchy. So um, (laughs) uh, they probably want to notify their local health department if they're doing that my understanding is that if they wanted to do that the dogs could be in the pool but not at the same time as humans interesting um and then afterwards they would probably want to you know like super chlorinate or shock the pool and Mm -hmm. maybe do a thorough cleaning and backwash before they reopen it up for um personal
1: use just to make sure that it's all flushed out
3: yeah um you would be shocked at the amount of bacteria on the dog's fur it sure. will eat up the chlorine out of a pool in a heartbeat
1: oh wow yeah i mean i'm sure even if they're even if ideally which i'm sure most people don't but even if ideally your dogs get in the bath every week
3: oh yeah but you yeah. think of the surface area alone right of, of how much bacteria could be held on the pool. All fur the hair and, and
1: everything. Yeah, sure.
3: Yeah. So <laughs>
1: you're like cringing Whoa, over yeah. there. Yeah. She's so cr- like, <laughs> you,
2: you wouldn't advise Pete
1: uh, in the pool.
3: Well, no, there's communities that do it. Yeah. That they can do it. But um But there's
1: a lot that but goes they do into
3: not it. I think um you know, and I'm not gonna like drop names here, but I think that there's a big park that has a uh pool just for animals. Okay. Um but yeah, we should never mix the animals with people at the same time
1: okay yeah Yeah. that's great that's great advice you know because i see this and i'm like how does that you know it always kind of scratched my head a little bit so it's even worse than i thought but (laughs) yeah because
3: i i had a um a a city over closer towards orlando call me and ask me the same question i think two years ago when i had to call the health department and see what their take was on it so yeah it's always good to let them know especially if you know I mean, you just don't want anyone getting sick.
1: Sure, of course.
3: So, and you know, all the kids, they get in there and you see the big brother spitting water on his little sister, you know, yeah. they put the water in their mouth and then that's how you could just easily, you know, get um, what we call a recreational water illness, getting sick from a swimming pool.
1: So one of the trends that I'm sure I don't need to tell you about, but certainly one of the trends that we're seeing now are saltwater pools. Am I right?
3: Um. So with a saltwater pool... Um, a lot of there's a big misconception yeah, with that because totally. people think that with salt, oh, I don't have chlorine. And you do have chlorine in a saltwater pool. Um, what you're doing is you're adding, um, table salt, sodium chloride. And when you put that into, um, the pool, that salt water then goes through, um, a cell and through the process of electrolysis. We kind of, um, separate the atoms and we mix them all back up yeah. and so we don't have sodium chloride and h2o but we have hypochlorous acid and that's chlorine that's what's killing the germs so you're when people say it a different way. <laughs> you're just making it by using electricity sure so when people say oh i don't have chlorine in my pool i got salt well hate to tell you yeah you do you're just making it
2: well the the big thing is is i hear people go wow you have a saltwater pool <clears throat> and all they can picture is swimming in the gulf of Mexico. They don't realize that a saltwater pool is the same as a water softener.
3: It should it not makes... be that salty. The ocean is 43,000 parts per million of, of salt, I believe. Wow. And, yeah, your pool should be like 3,000 to 3,500. Yeah, so, you don't even notice. Now, yeah, it should not my, be like the ocean.
1: To my knowledge, I've not been in a saltwater pool. Uh, but oh, yeah, is you it, have. Is it, so, is it, I mean, is it, in terms of the experience and, like, the the the... You know with your eyes and the taste and all that stuff is it very similar to just being in a chlorinated pool, or is it if, a little in my more opinion, if you or? were in
3: one, you wouldn't know it.
1: I okay. mean,
2: I, I can speak up as a condo coach, I had a salt water pool, yeah, and I've had chlorine pools. I can tell you, a salt pool is like taking a bath in um, uh, soft water, it, I, I, it doesn't screw your hair up as much. I mean, I'm just telling you what i've seen this a fact all right mm-hmm. well
1: that's what i was getting at. was the overall experience oh, it's nice. and, i love them. <laughs> all right nicole baldry joining us our pool and amenities expert for today's condo coaches show head coach Dean acres johnny torres your final segment coming up right after this
0: contact the condo coaches online at the more of the condo coaches is coming up next Thanks, Julie. And coming up next, is there rain in your weekend forecast? We'll find...
5: Hey. Hi. It's been a while. Great place and nice neighborhood. You must have a strong community association board.
0: Thanks. I guess so, but I don't pay any attention to that stuff.
5: Seriously? How do you know for sure the board and community manager are making the right decisions to protect your investment?
0: I don't, but what am I supposed to do?
5: You can get involved and connect with CAI.
0: CA what?
5: CAI, Community Associations Institute. They're a nonprofit group that has helped us build a great community. They have free resources for your association board, professional training for community managers, and helpful information for homeowners.
0: Thanks. I'll definitely do that. Is the time and investment you have made in your home and community protected? Be a smart homeowner and visit CAI at ResponsibleCommunities.com. Welcome back to The Condo Coaches, online at TheCondoCoaches.com. Here's your host,
1: Johnny Torres. Thank you again for listening, watching The Condo Coaches. Don't forget, we've got a set of booklets that are absolutely amazing that you need to download right now at TheCondoCoaches.com slash playbook, TheCondoCoaches.com slash playbook. Now, this is a book. uh, It's seven, eight books seven books are published seven books are published right and, and I, the number, i've lost track and the number seven
2: book is i think the coolest one that we gave away at the trade shows like crazy yeah which is a book for property owners so it tells for them, the residents yeah yeah
1: it's here. It's our first resident focus book, and it's already a big hit. Uh, all you've got to do is go to thecondocoaches.com to download it. You're not only going to get that book, but you're going to get all the others along with it. It's uh, seven booklets, and they're absolutely free. All you got to do is fill out a form, let us know you're a living, breathing human being, and they will not only come to you in an email for you to download at your choosing, but uh, once you fill out the form, they should also populate right there on the website right. for you to pick which ones you want to download. So head over to the slash playbook, the slash playbook to download our booklets today. Yep. Joining us, Nicole Baldry. We're having a lot of fun talking pools and amenities. Um, I, I don't understand this project that's happening up in Pasco County um, with this massive lagoon thing that they're building. Um, I, I, it's a great gimmick. It's a great marketing gimmick, you know, if you're trying to sell homes and that sort of thing. But I can only imagine just, I mean, we're talking maintenance, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that thing is massive.
3: Isn't this, uh, you have to, I don't live over there, isn't this like over a million gallons or something? It's, yeah. it's yes. pretty big, right? Yeah,
1: like it's bigger than some lakes. Yeah. And it's it's just insane. So right. so getting into maintenance, uh, what are some of the other things that people often overlook, you know, when, they, when you're talking about maintaining a pool? Uh, again, be it a lagoon of that size or even your community pool or even if you uh, own your own pool in your backyard
3: um water chemistry is important okay um and a lot of people uh i see they neglect to check for alkalinity alkalinity is going to be your ph's buffer kind of holding everything in place where it needs to you don't want to have to keep going out in your pool checking everything every single day because it's just up and down like a roller coaster ride bouncing all over the place. You kind of want to keep things in, you know, where it needs to be and you don't want to be out there. I want to enjoy my pool. I yeah. don't want to have to always work at it. So, um, keeping the checking the alkalinity and keeping it between 80 and 120 parts per million. Um. So, because I talked to so many people mm-hmm. and I, I just dealt with a client and they said, oh, but I'm, I'm checking my chlorine, I'm checking my pH. And I'm like, okay, what about alkalinity? What about calcium what about total dissolved solids what about phosphates i mean like wow yeah and and this was kind of oh uh, uh, uh. i'm like <laughs> um you should be checking all of this stuff on a regular basis and that's why
1: you need an expert to come and do it
3: well or at least go through a course you know and sure. get certified you know um anybody can you know take a uh there's online courses and the courses that i teach in person so cool. um but y- that would probably be one of the um main things that i see yeah and then another one would be um brushing a lot of these places um i'll go somewhere and it, you can see their their tile yeah and i call it the bathtub ring you know that sure. scum layer that yeah. forms on the a tile white,
1: it's a white you right. know you
3: can write your initials nicole <laughs> no, like you know and oh, i'm like okay like yeah. mold
1: i mean well no, from like, all
3: the suntan lotions yeah. and oh, the oils okay, right. and stuff yeah. it just floats at the water surface got and it. if they're not scrubbing those tiles every day and i'm not talking about you like spray on a little bit of cleaner walk away you have to get out a brush and move yeah. your elbows you got to scrub it and so many people are lazy sure you know and they're, they're like oh, okay let's well, work yeah
1: that's why you got to hire somebody to do it
3: <laughs> go around exactly. the corner and they take a cigarette break text so what, on their phone they don't do their work
1: so what about the little robots right the little the uh, you know the little self vacuums that you see often that people run in their you know in their pools and stuff i mean are those any good what does that really do for you other than just kind of the obvious of just sucking out any kind of debris that gets into the pool
3: yeah so it's uh you know it's a vacuum um so yeah. it's you know doing my job for me um primarily you're not know, kind of wanted in the pool when people aren't using the pool especially for a public pool because you don't want that hose in the pool with a little robotic vacuum scooting along and then someone get tangled up in that vacuum hose so right. it is okay for a condominium to use one of those but when they open that pool up for the day take that thing out okay so um, but yeah it's going around and they've got all kinds of them that you know not only they, just suck up the leaves but they also have kind of like little scrubbing pads on it so it
1: also kind of brush the pool walls as well and how are those are those any good i mean i'm sure it varies right depending on what you get but i mean
3: right uh, yeah you get uh, what you pay for like with anything but i think that they're great um okay good my mom hers can suck up pecans so that's nice pretty substantial size right <laughs>
1: yeah absolutely well and, and is there anything else out there like any kind of new technology any kind of new uh things that people need to be aware of that maybe uh you know something they might want to look into for their either their personal pool or their community pool
3: um well there is automation of course and we're seeing more and more of that now um that is going to be a little bit more on the the pricier side these mm-hmm. computers you know i could you know from my iphone i can you know program it so my pool, when I come home, has got nice, smooth jazz music playing in the <laughs> out outdoor stereo uh, speakers. Nice. And, you know, the waterfall's nice and smooth. And I've got blue and purple lights on. And then my husband, he could push his setting. And then it goes to red lights and rock music. And, you know, <laughs> the fountains go. And so you've got all kinds of automation. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of years ago, something that came out is um, they've got like these little bracelets or headbands mm-hmm. that kids wear. So if they fall into the pool, which is the whole nother pet peeve of mine, but it can send a signal to like your smartphone, let you know your kids
1: falling in the pool.
3: Exactly. Oh, which wow. I mean, you should be watching your kids. Sure. Um, We shouldn't have
1: right, that shouldn't be our a- iPhones
3: <laughs> being babysitters. So that's the big pet peeve with, with me of is course. parents should be watching their kids. Cause Not only
1: that, by the time you get there, it could be too late.
3: Well, and the sad thing is drowning is the number one cause of death in kids one to four. Wow. The leading cause of death.
1: Yeah. I got a two year old. We're definitely not getting a pool anytime soon.
3: Or teach her how to swim.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, to no, swim. absolutely, yeah, and and we're definitely doing that. I mean, I learned at a pretty early age as mm-hmm. well, and it's uh, it's been incredibly valuable. And it, it I still get shocked that there are people that that don't know how to swim. You right, know, but
3: especially here in Florida with right. yeah. a retention pond on every corner and yep. right. the ocean on every side, and tools right. on every community.
1: And so, you know, Florida being what it is, we get relatives that come and visit all the time. And and, and of course, we have cookouts and we have all kinds of holidays and stuff coming up. And so, um, first of all, when you do have, let's say, an increased number of people that are going to come over, and enjoy your pool, um, what should what should you do before and what should you do after in that situation?
3: Um, first thing, check for safety. So our public pools, um, you know, I don't want to see lights hanging out of the wall. Yeah. Um, make sure my handrails, my ladders are nice and secure. Um, Checking for my water chemistry, chlorine, pH. If you know you're going to have a bunch of people in there, um, go ahead and get that chlorine on the high side of the legal. Um, so for our commercial okay. pools here in Florida, we can run them for outdoor. It's up to 10 parts per million of okay. uh, free chlorine. Indoor pools, if anyone has an indoor pool, it's five parts per million. Yeah. Um, And uh, other safety equipment, uh, life rings and shepherd's hooks, you have to have those at public pools. So before you... That's required, yeah. That is required by law. So, I I mean, safety, because Mm -hmm. you, you can't... I mean, that's a terrible vacation. That's a terrible get together if someone dies or right. ends sure. up in the emergency room. So yeah. I say safety is first and foremost.
1: No, and look, I mean, uh, uh, years ago, I mean, I jumped off a, a high diving platform with a cousin of mine. I was a great swimmer. I've been, you know, again, I learned very early on how to swim well. He was not a great swimmer and we jumped off together Well, he panicked. Uh, and he was pushing me under the water Because wow. he panicked You know when we hit the water mm-hmm. And so again, even someone like myself Who was a great swimmer And it would have been fine completely on my own mm-hmm. I was here and nearly drowned At the hands of my cousin Who was panicking uh, from the jump off the high diving platform So it goes to show you Just being a good swimmer sometimes often isn't enough And how much vigilance really comes into play Because my dad did have to jump in the pool And pull us out uh, Because he saw what was happening
3: yeah and another good thing is uh you know we've got designated drivers have a designated watcher so if you know you're going to have a bunch of kids you know because um and and rotate it because no one wants to spend their entire um get together you know for the two hours watching kids you know take turns you know every 20 minutes we rotate adults or whatever but make sure that that person is watching the kids because drowning is not like what we see on tv you know where people are you know got their arms up and they're splashing and yelling drowning is the silent killer you go underwater you and it it's seconds
1: sure and you
3: don't hear someone
1: and the busier the pool is the harder harder it is to detect whether someone is in oh yeah you
3: can see the youtube videos with with that i mean people Mm -hmm. that are um in the gymnasium full of you know the pool's full of students and water polo and someone goes under and the parents sitting right there in the in the bleachers they don't even see the kid that goes under because it's just so much activity
1: now, with uh, the cold season arriving, you know, people are going to be using their hot tubs and the spas a lot more. A lot of the rules still apply. Same rules as.
3: Uh, no. So there's totally different rules when it comes to our spas. All
1: right. We're going to have to bring you back for that one. All right. <laughs> I should have asked that question early on. <laughs> That's the end of our show. Thank you so much for listening to The Condo Coaches. Say goodbye, Dean. Goodbye.
0: You've been listening to The Condo Coaches, brought to you by lmfunding.com. Find us online at the thecondocoaches.com and join us this same time next. next. Next week, as we help you navigate life in your managed community.